This podcast is a Majestic Giraffe production. For more information and more content, visit MajesticGiraffe.com. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkiest Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Chot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're chatting with Anthony Bresnikin from Entertainment Weekly. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, before we get into the interview, uh, we'd like to remind you that we are brought to you by you, your support <laughs> on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Tashi Station and uh, kick in a couple bucks a month, and that helps us do some really cool things on the show. Uh, we're going to be kicking off our... Uh, Tabletop podcast soon, and the support we get there helps us do that and more c- cool stuff. And we're also impor- brought to you in pod by Her Universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And through the power of magic and the force, we're going to cut away to our pre-recorded interview with Anthony Bresnikin. We'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Hey, we are here with uh, Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly Magazine. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. So uh, we wanted to have you on because you obviously report on all the Star Wars stuff at Entertainment Weekly. And uh, we just love talking about Star Wars with everyone we can. So um, the first question we always have ask everyone who comes on the show is the obligatory, how did you become a Star Wars fan? Oh gosh. I mean, uh, it goes way back to when I was a kid. I'm, you know, I'm pushing 40 now. I just turned 39. So I wasn't, uh, I was just like about one year old when the first Star Wars came out. So I don't really remember when I saw that movie. Um, my first memory of Star Wars is my first memory of any movie. And when I moderated the, uh, the celebration, the Star Wars Force Awakens celebration panel, Mm -hmm. you know, they said, go out and, um, and, you know, say something that's going to make all these 6,000 people in the room and all these, however many millions watching on the live stream feel like they're all together and feel like nostalgic and warm. So, you know, I went out and, 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 you know, I had my little pieces of business to talk about, like, you know, if you tweet this, you get an emoji and blah, blah, blah. And then I told very quickly the story of uh, my first experience with Star Wars, which was racing to the movie theater. I had to have been about four years old in 1980, summer of 1980. It was hot as hell. It was uh, (laughs) Pittsburgh. I had to be like July or something. Uh, I don't think it was uh, in the spring. It was so damn hot. And we got into the theater. The movie had already started. And what I saw on screen was the, this just sort of white landscape, snow, the Imperial walkers sort of thundering forward in that first Hoth assault. And it was cold in the theater, ice cold from the air conditioning. And I remember thinking, like, movies are awesome. This is a window. (laughs) I thought I I was looking at a movie screen. I thought I was looking at a literal giant window into this snowy world. And... And then I brought out JJ and Kathy Kennedy and said, you know, here are two people who are opening that window again. And, and it just, it was so vivid for me. And I hope people weren't bored by it when I, you know, told that quick little story. But like, for me, it was more than a movie. It was like, it was, it was literally a window into another world. So, you know, that's when I fell in love with Star Wars. And uh, I've been that way ever since. It, it just, when I think back to my childhood, Star Wars is just laced throughout almost every major event birthdays christmases my best friend joey mitchell you know yeah. down the street um i apologize if i'm rambling but i no. just got an i just got an email from joey mitchell like two days ago he was back visiting our hometown in new ken it was a photograph from his parents porch looking down toward my house two doors <laughs> down 
And he was like, thought you'd enjoy this view. Um, uh, can you just picture two kids playing with a Millennium Falcon <laughs> in, in these yards? Uh-huh. And man, I sure could. Like, he's now Joe Mitchell. Like I said, we're both like middle-aged guys now. <laughs> but I, I was, I was, I think I was about five years old. I remember walking with my dad down the street. We were going to Trejack's Market, like to pick up some candy and whatever. I'm sure buy lottery tickets or whatever my dad was going to do. And as we passed this this house, there's this little kid in the yard. Up, it's kind of like these sloping front yards in this uh, neighborhood. And he's got like a cloak on and a stick. And he goes, "Me order." <laughs> and I looked up at him, and I go. Shut up. <laughs> You're not Yoda. And then we kept walking, right? And my dad was like, and I and I do this with my own kids, like, that was rude. Like when somebody says something to you, be nice to them. And I, I was I felt really bad. So the next day I went and I, you know, knocked on 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 the door of this house. And I'm sure his mom or dad answered. And I was like, is there a little boy who lives here? And Joey came to the door and I was like, I'm sorry I told you to shut up. Isn't, I, I just like Yoda. And he's like, I like Yoda too. And we were best friends for years, all through our childhood. And it was all because of Yoda. That's the best Aww. story. <laughs> yeah. And, and because I was kind of an ass. <laughs> uh, you know, people are judgmental to, in fandom. <laughs> we used to play like with the action figures. And I think this is why Star Wars means so much to people. And, and you know, the reason I introduced that Force Awakens panel with a little like story of that was not because my story is so special, but because it's so similar to so many other people's experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, I wanted everybody to remember their own, uh, you know, Christmas or birthday with the, uh, with the toys or the first time they saw the movie or the person who took them to the movie. Because I think a lot of our early relationships are also tied up in these movies. Like me and Joey, you know, his mom made him. Now that it's October, I was thinking, I wrote him back and was like, you know, when I met Peter Mayhew, I told him about your mom's Chewbacca costume that she made for you. <laughs> like, like, we had this video game, I forget what it was called, like Starfighter or something, like one of those primitive 80s video games. Yeah. And it was like, you played it on your television, like with your little Atari thing. And it was just like little white dots that would fly past and you could like hyperspeed and fight starships. Very crude, but it was like hyperspeed, right? Hyperspace. Yeah. So we would set up the TV and like I would be Han Solo and he would be Chewy and we would, you know, fly the basement Millennium Falcon around. And then we would go out and like, you know, have adventures exploring whatever planet our backyards happened to be at that time. But I had it easy because I was just Han Solo. Right. And I was just in whatever I was wearing. But Joey's mom had made him a Chewbacca suit <laughs> for Halloween, like full on, I don't know what the base, like whether it's just like a pair of pajamas, but like with some kind of fur material sewed all over it in the head it had like this big head that kind of screwed on. It looked wow. awesome. Unfortunately, Joey didn't look too awesome when we're running around in like 90 degree temperatures oh, and he's in a, he's in like a snowsuit, you know, a fursuit. And he, I just remember him like taking the head off and being like, like I need a glass of water, like just red faced and sweating. And I remember I, I, when I wrote him back just this week, I was like, I, I was telling Peter Mayhew about your Chewbacca suit. And, um, and, and, and Peter was like, yeah, it gets damn hot in that thing, doesn't it? Like, tell me about it. <laughs> that reminds me of the people who uh, march in the parade at the, uh, at Star Wars weekends, the Wookiee costumes when it's hundred degrees outside and blazing sun i don't know how they do it yeah the slave layers have it much easier as far as <laughs> they do yeah temperature goes that's the only know. time i'd wear one <laughs> yeah when it's hot yeah <laughs> so obviously you've been a fan for pretty much ever did you always you know stay up with star wars obviously there's you know hundreds of books out there i don't know if you ever read any of those or you know kept up with you know, obviously everyone and their mother saw the prequels. So pretty much have you always pretty much stayed a Star Wars fan? Yeah, but do you guys remember when Star Wars stopped being cool? Um, I actually became a fan right when the Timothy Zahn books were coming out. So I okay. luckily always had Star Wars, but it was very... It was, it was not cool when I started liking it still. Then it got like, cooler as it... Like, I remember getting the... Return of the Jedi glass souvenir mugs from Burger King. <laughs> yeah. He was Burger King back in like 
the early eighties when that movie was just coming out. And I remember like trying to like, now we, it's funny how we have all these spoilers and podcasts and, you know, articles written about the new movie. All I knew about return of the Jedi at that point was whatever I saw on television, as far as a commercial goes and whatever was on these glasses that came <laughs> out from Burger King. Like that was my spoiler, uh-huh. right? Was who is Jabba? Like, what is Jabba? That is a new one. And, um, or what is a slug creature, you know? And, and then I remember like in the late eighties, like when I was like seventh and eighth grade going to Hills department store in my hometown where you would buy all, you know, where you got basically all your toys. Mm -hmm. And I remember like tons of star Wars merchandise was just like on the junk shelf marked down like to 10% of what it had been selling for. And I remember thinking like, yeah, who would buy this? <laughs> like, <laughs> now, I wish like if I had a time machine, well, first, if I had a time machine, obviously you, you kill Hitler, you save JFK, yeah. then you go back <laughs> and uh, if you have a third trip and you buy all of the Star, Star Wars, Wars stuff and you seal it up and don't open it and put it on eBay and, uh, and retire. <laughs> but I remember it being for sale. I remember thinking like, oh yeah, it's not, this isn't awesome anymore. And then like, as a kid, like, you're stupid, right? So you think, I remember thinking, oh, man, I wonder what George Lucas is doing for money. He hasn't made a movie for, like, six years. <laughs> yeah. What's he, is he going to be okay? Like, he hasn't worked for six years. So then, like, all through high school, like, I don't think I gave a damn about Star Wars. And, like, I just never thought about it, you know? It was just mm-hmm. on to other things. And then in college, it was like, wait, oh, they're putting out the... uh and this is late in college. Like they're putting out the uh, the reissues, yeah, the and they're going to be editions. back in theaters. Yeah, the special editions. And I just remember thinking, Star Wars is awesome. Why haven't I watched this for like five years? <laughs> and going to see every one of those. I think if I remember correctly, they put them out like one each month they for like three months. Did it was January, February, and March, and I. That was the first time I got to see them in the theater, and I was so excited that I was like, yay, I finally get to see them the way they're meant to be seen. Exactly. But there was a time where it went away, mm-hmm. you know, where it just kind of like, it just wasn't part of the zeitgeist. And, and I'm sure, like, it wasn't that the movies changed. I think it was just like you grow up and you just, you move on from things. And then, uh, and then you come back to them when you get a little older and you realize how great they were and why you loved them. And then if you're lucky enough... Uh, you, you, you hit a time like we have now, which is like uh, the best time to be a Star Wars fan in decades, right? Yeah. Even better than the prequels. Yeah. It, it's I Sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, we have a Star Wars TV show on. We've got books coming out like every couple months. We've got a new movie coming out every year. Like how did, yeah, this, new, how did this happen? <laughs> a new trailer. Like it's because even if you love the prequels um, – you have so much more than the prequels now. You, like you said, you have Rebels, the TV show. You have, you have the, um, you know, Battlefront dropping mm-hmm. <laughs> real soon. You've got um, these standalone movies like Rogue One and the Han Solo film, and uh, and eventually Boba Fett. And who knows what comes after that? Like, there, it's you're going to get Star Wars uh, for a long time to come. Yeah, I I know a lot of people have you know. Gone about oh Disney's killing Star Wars and I'm like no that's the best thing that ever happened to Star Wars Disney who says that you mean like did they say that (laughs) did they say that when it first started like I remember some people like oh they're gonna Disneyfy Star Wars yeah and um, And, I mean there are people who don't you know who don't like that's what's happening and they you know I we're we're big fans of the books we've read pretty much all of them but even like there are people who are really like crazy and hate that they're being overwritten and I'm just like but but you're getting new stories <laughs> that's it's yeah. not a bad thing you know I mean I, I got into Star Wars around 94 when they did that uh, VHS re-release that year um, mm-hmm. a year and change before they started doing the uh, the uh, special edition re-releases um, but so I've always really I've always really had Star Wars being at least marginally cool in my life, but I kind mm-hmm. a part of me kind of wishes I'd I'd gone through that sort of dark times <laughs> so I could be more appreciative of just the fire hose of amazing new Star Wars content we're getting now. Yeah, no, I 
and I don't want to sound like I ever disliked Star Wars. Like that wasn't the case. I think it just when you don't have a movie for years and years, and you don't see them. Like I remember, like it was a while before, like there weren't even really tapes out, like new tapes. Yeah. It was just sort of something that was part of the past. Mm-hmm. And and then um, the Zon books came out, and I think that rejuvenated things in a big way. Mm-hmm. And and uh, because those were great. Yeah. And I'm really kind of, I'm kind of bummed, as much as I'm happy we're getting new Star Wars, I'm bummed that those were kind of knocked from the canon, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, but, our, um, our dogs are named Mara and Jade, so. <laughs> we sympathize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe there's some way they'll bring that back eventually, but I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's probably, you can still enjoy them. They're still there. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, uh, you can believe what you want to believe, you know, once <laughs> it's out there. That's what I think is great about being a Star Wars fan. As much as people trash the uh, marketing and all that, and I think it goes a little far. Like I was picking up creamer at the grocery store yesterday, and it's like, uh, do I want the Boba Fett creamer or the Chewbacca creamer? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go with the Boba Fett creamer. I'm guessing the Chewbacca is a little musty. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's like dog fur flavored, ch- you know, I don't know. Uh, but like I don't really need my coffee creamer to be Star Wars themed or, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I, my, Star Wars, Star Wars themed rat poison, you know, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you not put Star Wars on? But like, I, um, I, I, uh, I, I think the marketing goes a little far, but I think the reason that, that we feel such an investment is that we had those toys and, and Chuck Wendig and I talked about this too when I interviewed him and uh, maybe he discussed it with you when you uh, did your panel with him, but, he, um, we were making up our own stories. Yeah. We didn't have uh, any expanded universe books or, or what have you, um, but we had the action figures, and that was like having the characters with you, and you could make up your own story. And I think that's why Star Wars fans are also very hard on the franchise when they when things happen that they don't like, because like we used to make up these stories too. We're like almost like a part of the writers' room, you know, mm-hmm. a part of the imagination that fuels this giant world and um you know i think it's it's an amazing thing to to feel that kind of love and ownership of uh of the characters yeah now you've got people who they write you know they do fan art or they make fan films or they write fan fiction and you know everyone can kind of contribute their own little part to star wars and yeah get invested as as somebody who covers star wars and 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 you know the run-up to the new movie like actually that makes it a little tough too because it's like oh my gosh is this leaked art Mm-hmm. Is this concept art or is this somebody's deviant art page yeah. and like just c- super cool fan art that they did? And like a lot of the times, nope that that poster is just a fan poster, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I do like a lot of the fan art though. It just it just makes me want more of it. Um, so how did you kind of get involved in the star in covering Star Wars? I you know was. Did you always have a goal of getting involved in journalism or did that kind of evolve as you grew up? And I also know that you have a book out, too. So were you always into writing? I was, you know, as a as a kid, um, I, I, you know, I I started reading Stephen King when I was 12 years old. (laughs) And it was because no one would take me to see Pet Cemetery. I was because I was twelve years old, <laughs> and like I remember begging every adult I knew, like, "Would you take me to see this movie?" And they'd be like, "What is it?" No, <laughs> but my grandmother said, "You know, that's by the uh, that's a book by this guy named Stephen King. So how about if I buy you the book?" And I remember thinking, like, "Oh, the book, like this totally sucks. Fine, on the book, you know." <laughs> I make I sound like such a jerk when I was a kid. I was disappointed to be getting the book. She bought me the book. I actually have it on my desk, like, in sight right now. This old paper bag. It's held together with contact paper, and and it's it's falling apart because it's been read so many times. But um, uh, I read that book, and I thought, man, what this guy can do with words, just words on a page, yeah, is amazing. It was the first kind of grown-up book that I'd ever read. And I wanted I, – I think I was just drawn to that power, that as a kid, you're told what to do when to go to bed, when to wake up, what to eat, when to talk, when to shut up, what to do constantly. And when you write something on a page, you're the boss. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want. And it might be bad, but no one can say it's wrong. 
And I love that power. And I didn't realize that at the time. I'm talking now as like an adult looking back at what was it about this? I just loved it. I just wanted to write ghost stories and be as good as Stephen King. And um, I, I obviously read other people as well. But yeah, I just wrote monster stories, ghost stories, Twilight Zone type short stories all through high school. And my teacher would read them to the class. But I was, I was embarrassed. I didn't want anybody. I loved it so much that I didn't want anyone to make fun of me. And, you know, nobody likes to be made fun of. To this day, I hate to be, you know, mocked or whatever. Um, but uh, it still hurts. But I, I only let him read them to the class if he would not put my name on them. If he would just say, this is written by some student. And then he would have everybody write a critique, you know, a little God. what you thought of the story. And the reason he was pushing me, he pushed me to do this. Like, I just would have written them and shown them to, like, a couple of people I trusted, and that was it. He was like, it's, not a, perf- it's a, not a performance, it's not a play until there's an audience. It's a rehearsal, so you need an audience. And he would read these little ghost stories. Like, one was about a guy who murdered another guy and buried his body, and then to cover up the gravesite, planted a tree <laughs> over the body, and the tree, like, grew and then one night it was hit by lightning and came to life like a uh, little shop of horrors and tore this guy's house apart and then, you know, grabbed him and dragged him down to the earth. Like <laughs> super cheesy, but like I really went for it. And he would read these to the class. And uh, I wonder what I would think of them now if I still had them or, or read them again. But I would get these nice little critiques back and it did. It, 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 it helped. It encouraged me to keep writing. And I would write critiques myself because I wanted to maintain cover that it wasn't me who wrote the story. Uh. Of, of course, like my critiques were always like, this story is awesome and you're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really keep your cover very well. But <laughs> you are the greatest writer since Shakespeare. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I started writing then. And then when I got to college, you know, I got a lot of discouragement too. I had people in my life people who had power over my life uh, telling me like you kind of suck as a writer and you're not going to make it. You should find the real job. And um, you know, when I got to college, I had a a professor who said, no, you know, you can make it as a writer. There are a lot of jobs in writing journalism, for instance. Uh, He was wrong about that, (laughs) but there's no jobs in journalism. There's no life in that. But, uh, uh, but no, he was absolutely right, and that became uh, the main event, you know, covering general news, crime, and and uh, politics, and things like that for the student paper, and then for the Associated Press, and then for USA Today, and now EW. Eventually, because I came to work in LA, uh, I guess I kind of joined those two passions, fiction and uh, journalism, uh, and I ended up writing about the movies, uh, I think because I was just drawn to creative people and how they worked and wanted to know how they ticked and but also because I love stories and this is a chance to spend all day writing about really cool fun stuff that most people just get to enjoy in their off time and so was you were you always covering Star Wars when you started at Entertainment Weekly or did that sort of evolve over time that it got well well, there was no Star Wars when I first started with them, uh, you know, five <laughs> years ago. And and then, uh, you know, they announced the deal that, that Disney was buying the the company, Lucasfilm, and, and that they'd be putting out new Star Wars. And um, I remember, you know, news leak that J.J. would be directing, and I helped out on that story, got it confirmed. And, um, and then, you know, it came to a point, uh, I guess maybe two years ago, where they make assignments at the magazine, you know, who gets what movie, like, and and you can say which ones you're most interested in, or, you know, I have a good relationship with this filmmaker or actor, can you put me on the movie? And then the editors decide, they call them beats, you know, who's on what beat. And I just put, among, you know, a number of other movies, like Star Wars was just at the top of my list, but it was at the top of a lot of people's lists, (laughs) you know. Um, Those people are all dead, they died under mysterious circumstances. (laughs) Uh, and then I got the job. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, I just I just made the case that I was the right guy to do this, and I care about it a lot. It's, I hope you guys can tell that. Um, oh, yeah, I hope the hope the readers can tell. You know, if I'm moderating a panel or uh, or just writing a story, that it's something that I I give a damn about that matters as much to me as it does to them. And um, you know, I've been fortunate. 
that that has come across in the writing of various stories, and that got JJ's attention and Kathy Kennedy's attention, and um, you know that they they could see that this mattered to me as much as it mattered to them, and as much as it mattered to the fans. So that managed to open the door last December when when they were ready to reveal the, the names of these characters that we mm-hmm. saw in that Thanksgiving trailer, that teaser. You know, we didn't know who any of those people were. No, even. we did not. It's, we it, it, it was very awkward think? talking about them and not knowing who they were. Like, okay, the the dude in the X wing, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, the ball droid. <laughs> yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like a few weeks after that, I got a call from uh, from JJ. Uh, you know, I, it was somewhat out of the blue. I got a call like from somebody at Disney who said, "Are you going to be available this morning?" I was like, yeah, uh-huh. what's up? And they're like, you may be getting a call from J.J. Abrams. And I was like, oh, about? And they're like, we don't know. <laughs> but it's probably a good thing. I'm like, okay. So this call comes, and it's J.J. And um, he had read something I wrote. You know, I told you guys, like, some personal stories there about my friend Joey and, you know, my past. Well, my grandmother had just passed away. And I, um, she actually died the the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So I was not available to write about the trailer. And so here I was the EW beat reporter. I've been prepping for covering star Wars now for like a year and the trailer's finally coming out and I'm out of commission. Literally they put that trailer out at 10 AM on Friday and her funeral was 10 AM on Friday. Oh. So like as much as I wanted to cover it, like obviously my priorities were, you know, yeah. saying goodbye to my grandmother. She meant a lot to me. And, um, uh, I've told this story before, so I apologize to people who may have heard it already, but you know, mm. after the funeral, it was just a really bad week, an emotional week. I was away from my wife and kids cause you know, I just made the trip back to Pittsburgh and, um, it was over Thanksgiving. So I was away from them for the holidays and, you know, I don't, I don't come from the best family situation, uh, as you may have been able to pick up on some of my other <laughs> remarks, but like it was a tough week. And as we were leaving the the church after uh, like the little dinner they have, the little meal that the old ladies from the church put on uh, after each funeral, like my brother Greg, who I get along with great and, and, and love the pieces, like he he's driving back to Virginia. I'm getting ready to drive back to the airport, fly back to LA. We say our goodbye in the parking lot, and you know. It's on, it's on a hill, and you can see our whole town below. This little Norman Rockwell-looking town in the snow. Uh, steel mills and, you know, old abandoned churches and things like that. Row houses. And I said, do you think we'll ever be back here together again? Because Grandma was like the last connection we had. And he goes, no, I think, you know, you and I will see each other, but we won't probably won't be back together, at least. And it was like, just kind of like a moment where you could feel like an end to something, an end to your childhood, to your past. You know, it's something that was long gone anyway, but, um, you know, we felt it right then. And so we hugged and we said goodbye and see you, see you later. And then I hear him call to me, like, as I'm getting into my car, and he's like, hey, did you watch it yet? And I was like, <laughs> no, I haven't. And it's like 5 o'clock in the, uh, in the evening. I think we were the last two people on the planet to watch that Star Wars trailer. <laughs> Probably, like, yeah. He pulls out his phone because he got the better signal, and we watched that trailer twice in a row. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of looked at each other, and we were like, all right. Like, that was not bad. And for a moment, for those, whatever it was, 90 seconds, I think, it was, 89 seconds or something like that. seconds, I think, or something. Yeah. We were two little kids, Anthony and Greg in our hometown and it just took us right back to those times and we got because of that trailer just the right time uh, we got a little bit of that back so I'm flying back on the plane and I write this little story up right I'm thinking this is like a Facebook post or something for my friends and uh, you know I write it up it's about like 700 words long and uh, I show it to my editor because he's my buddy because he put me on Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he was like, you know what? You should put this on the website, on EW.com. And I was like, oh, you know, people are going to be like, who cares about you and your personal story? He was like, no, everybody's going to have a story. Everybody's going to remember their grandmother and showing your 
their grandmother, like their Star Wars figures and trying to explain Star Wars. And like, she was really Catholic, super Catholic. Oh, <laughs> so like, I remember like, I remember trying to explain who like Hammerhead and Walrus Man was. That was before they had like actual names. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and she would be like, she knew the saints the way I knew Star Wars characters. Like, hell, she knew like one for every day. And like, uh, oh, we kind of had that little like thing. That too. <laughs> so like we, so I wrote this little essay about losing her and missing Star Wars and how the two were connected in my mind, taking me back to being a kid, and a little thing about watching the trailer with my brother. And it turns out, like, Andy Serkis saw that, and then J.J. saw it. And so when I got that call from J.J. a couple of weeks later, he was like, look, we read that thing, and we've read a lot of your other coverage, and it's clear this matters to you. We're going to reveal the character names. So I'm going to send you an email, and I want you to check it out and call me back. And he sends me an email, and it's all of these made-up tops trading cards. I think now they're real cards, but... At the time, they were just mock-ups of the vintage Topps trading cards that had shots from the trailer with little, like, BB-8 on the move and, you know, Poe Dameron flies the X-Wing. Basic little sentences, but, like, those were the character names. And uh, he let me break that. And that was huge for me as a fan and as a reporter. And he couldn't talk about it. Like, he couldn't say anything. He, he didn't want to say anything on the record, but like as we were talking, I think it's okay to say this now. He was like, you know, we just don't want people to get used to calling it Balldroid. He's BB-8, <laughs> you know? And, and, there, and there were all these rumors that like Daisy Ridley's character was named Kira. And he's like, people keep referring to her as Kira, but her name is Ray. And uh, so, you know, he just kind of wanted to put that out there so that people didn't keep calling him, you know, as you said, an X-Wing guy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, I, I hope I'm not uh, rambling no, on too long. But, I remember uh, that day very well because I, I saw that article that I tweeted, we have names. <laughs> Cause I was yeah. just like, I need to know their names because I need to write fanfic about them and I can't do that until I have their names. <laughs> totally. Well then, and then like, you know, they let me moderate the, the force awakens panel at celebration, mm-hmm. which, was t- kind of terrifying to be honest. Like I when, I watched, that, when <laughs> no, I watched when I watched that, we were in one of the overflow rooms. We did not get into the main room, but we were, yeah, we were there. It was, yeah. I mean, because you're in front of six thousand people, which is daunting enough. Uh, I'm not used to that, and 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 then you're also like live streaming. And right before I went out, they're like, oh, by the way, mention that we're China just came online. Like China is going to be showing the live stream. That's a big deal. So like. Make sure you mention that. And I remember thinking, like, damn it, like, China, one less place to hide if this goes totally <laughs> south. Um, and uh, and then I went out. And, and when I watch it again, I'm, like, talking really fast at the beginning because part of me is, like, people do not want to hear from you, stranger, EW guy. <laughs> Get to the Star Wars as fast as possible. But they were also, like, take a moment and, like, set it up and talk about the emotion. Like, say they, – they didn't give me – they didn't tell me what story to tell. But they were, like – just say something that will make people like feel that this isn't just some like shill event, you know, because it, it sincerely wasn't. They wanted to, they did it at celebration because they wanted to give something to the, to the fans and they, they live streamed it because they wanted to give something to the fans who couldn't be there at celebration, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and I'm like talking really fast because I just want to get through it and, uh, and get to uh, the rest of the panel. And I think the rest of the panel kind of eased up and, and just tried to have fun. And, and, you know, they let me ask my own questions. Uh, the only thing they, you know, they said was, here's what we have to present. We have a real BB-8. We're going to show that. Like, here's sort of the stuff we want. And then we want the, you know, the original cast minus Han Solo uh, Harrison Ford to they're going to come out at the end and then we have these stormtroopers but otherwise I was allowed to ask whatever I wanted so I asked Kathy about um, you know girls in Star Wars and women char- female characters in the Star Wars she universe very and, much appreciated yeah you know which is important to me because uh, I'm a human being for one but also <laughs> I have a little girl you know and um, and I think it's important to see yourself in this world and uh, that's why I like that Chuck Wendig has a gay character in, in Aftermath. Um, some people don't like that. They feel like it's politicizing it. But, like, you know, why not? They're a part of our society. Why can't they be part of this other world as well? And, uh, you know, it's nothing uh, that anybody should be ashamed of. They should be proud of who they are. And uh, everybody should be represented. And I think Star Wars is continuing, you know, to do better with that. But anyway, they, you know, they let me ask that. And, and um, there were things, like, they couldn't. We, in fact, the night before was kind of awesome because we had this whole round table with just 
JJ and Kathy and the actors and the producers of the movie. And we just kind of went through like what we would be able to talk about. Cause I didn't want to get up there too and have them just be like, mm, can't say anything about that. Uh, <laughs> not about that either. Like that would have really sucked. That right. It's been very awkward. <laughs> and you know, they, they didn't want to say too much about the characters, but I really pushed them to say something about them. You know, like, I didn't want to get up there and just talk to them about the casting process. Yeah. And JJ was under in Kathy too. Cause that was initially what they were like, well, let's just talk to the actors about like becoming a part of the movie. And we, we did a little run through with that. And even JJ was like, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think it's what people want to hear. <laughs> and he was like, we can, it was, we can confirm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it wasn't even all that unusual, you know, like, I mean, if when John Boyega says I'm a huge star Wars nut and I brought a Han Solo figure for Harrison Ford to autograph and, you know, like that's a fun story, but like just going through the usual audition and reading lines and, you know, it's, you know, it's not bad it's just not all that fascinating and jj was like well, what do you think we could say and i'm like just say anything about who the characters are when we meet them and that's where he cleared daisy to say you know that i'm scavenger you know that's something uh that that J- uh, john was allowed to say that he was a real stormtrooper that he wasn't like a rebel in disguise which is you know people didn't know that and uh you know poe was allowed to say that he was uh you know a, a uh, a fighter pilot for the resistance. And it's funny because each time on stage, then when the actors were, had their chance to talk about who their characters were, each one dialed it back from what they were allowed to say. <laughs> Cause they're so, they were so nervous about saying too much. And it's we like, could see the fear of God in their eyes. When you they were just real nervous. They were allowed to say more than they did, but they, you know, they erred on the side of being cautious just because they are well-trained. But that was like a lot of fun. And, and I, I appreciated that they, you know, trusted me. One reason they had me instead of like a celebrity, you know, Conan O'Brien or, or somebody do the panel is they wanted somebody who would, you know, have like journalistic questions to ask. Nothing, you know, like about the budget or whatever, but like, but just ask questions that, that they thought the fans would want to hear. And, and they were also like, we want to talk about, you know, uh, force for change and the charity and all that. Um, and, you know, so we got, we got that bit of business in there, but, um, otherwise, you know, I was like, we need to talk about Harrison Ford because he just crashed an airplane. <laughs> like, people don't know yes. how he is. And, you know, they were sensitive about that because he's a private person. I'm like, just, you just say like, if you've talked yeah. to him recently or how he's doing, and, you know, they did that. And so, uh, I, I was real happy. That's one of my favorite memories of being on this beat was doing that. And, you know, I hope people liked it. It, I mean, to it, make was, it, fun. it was definitely the highlight of celebration. I, I, I can't imagine them starting off celebration any other way. Cause it just kind of, everyone left watching after watching that trailer. And it was just like, you just wanted to hug the person next to you. Cause everyone was just high on star Wars. And it was, it was amazing. Do you want to hear about the, how the cast watched that trailer? Yes. Okay. So after we do our little dry run the night before, Everybody like kind of gets in these golf carts and they roll off. They're staying at the Grand Californian at uh, Disneyland. Nice. And, um, you know, I'm used to doing these things and I'm a reporter and I go my own way. It's fun to be included, but I realize, you know, that they're the cast. And uh, Kathy invites me to come to dinner with them, right? And I think it's just going to be Kathy and JJ, maybe. And it's everybody. (sighs) Everybody who was on that stage was at this dinner, including Carrie Fisher and her dog, Gary. Gary is amazing. <laughs> Gary Fisher. And, um, you know, it was like Mark Hamill and his wife and Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels, who is who is C-3PO, by the way. He is C-3PO. And, uh, and, where I, I, and they let me, it was like, it was like, I'm sitting at this long table and I feel like it's the Last Supper, you know, Da Vinci's Last Supper, <laughs> but with all these Star Wars, literally with Star Wars characters sitting around, you know? And it was great. Like, it was just fun. It was fun to be there. And my wife calls me. She's like, I haven't heard from you, you know, all evening. Are you okay? Because she knew she knew I was nervous about the next day and wanted to make sure I wasn't like, <laughs> you know, in my closet in my hotel room sucking my thumb <laughs> or something. And like, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, 
yeah, I'm having dinner with Star Wars. This is the greatest. I love that. And like, uh, they didn't, I think only like at that point, what they told me was there were five people outside of the ones who worked on the trailer who Mm -hmm. had seen the trailer. And it was on a laptop that was not connected to the internet or anything like that because they were very sensitive about piracy and all that. Um, And they passed this JJ's laptop around with a set of giant earphones. And one by one, everybody from Star Wars watched it. And I thought it was kind of like, it was kind of, I hope that this is okay to say uh, on your show. I don't know if like little kids are listening. It was kind of like a, it was not cool to say, like kind of like a bong. It's fine. It was like a bong. (laughs) Right? They probably got the same high. They would pass the laptop and they'd sit it down in front of, you know, Carrie Fisher or Peter Mayhew. And then they would put the, the earphones on and then everybody would watch them take a hit, you know. And they couldn't really see, you know, what was on the screen. Like Kathy and JJ had already watched it, obviously. But um, and then it would like make its way down and it got to me and I was like, can I watch it? Kathy was like, yeah, sure. I put it on. And just like I remember. Okay, you see that little speeder going across mm-hmm. the desert, and there are these mountains in the background. But wait, They're not those aren't crash. mountains. Oh, my God, it's a crash star destroyer. And and then you realize why at that exact moment when other people were watching, why they went, oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you, everybody kind of had the same reaction, and then it just made its way around the whole table. I think the only one who didn't watch it maybe was Gary, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they watched it, one by one. And um, I think Mark... Mark knew a little bit more than the others because he yeah, re-recorded he recorded that di- dialogue. It's it's his dialogue from Return of the Jedi, but if you listen to it, there's an echo. Yeah. And the echo is him reading it now yeah. as an older man, as 30 years later, um, reading the same lines, which is very subtle, uh, almost subliminal. Um, so he knew, a, he knew a little more of what it was going to be, at least that it included those lines, but otherwise nobody had seen it. And then it, the whole world saw it the next day. Um, and, and then like, almost like at the exact moment, the last person watched it, they, uh, the fireworks went off over <laughs> in Disneyland. So it was like, did you guys plan this? You know, but, um, That's yeah, that was, uh, the Star Wars last supper. I guess, I guess I was the Judas. I don't know. <laughs> so one of the things people have been speculating a lot about lately is that whether we're talking about the last trailer is the new trailer and I, I like every other day someone's asking you when are we gonna get a new trailer and I I guess the only answer is when they feel like giving us one yeah I mean they have a plan I'm not privy to that plan like I, th- I also I think people ask me and they think I know and I'm not telling them yeah um but um I with very few exceptions like if I know something for sure I I, I can usually I'm free to publish it you know i would say if i knew when the trailer was coming um i am nervous about it too because i don't want to be uh on a plane or <laughs> in a movie screening or you know wherever on a movie you know going to a movie set or something on the day that the trailer drops i want to be in position for it so i i think i can share that you know they're going to give people a heads up when it's coming but it's not going to be a long heads up. Yeah. So all this speculation, there's very reasonable guesswork that happens. Like it'll be attached to rebels or it'll be on the Martian. Well, it wasn't that I don't think it's going to be on rebels. Uh, I do think we will get something soon, (laughs) but you know, it's obviously not soon enough for many fans who want to see it. I, uh, somebody recently asked me like what I thought of this secrecy and you know, my honest answer is it's it's stressful for me as as well as the fans. Uh, I do understand why they're doing it. I think it is a risk. It's experimental. They're they're not they're trying not to flood the zone too much because they're aware that a little bit of Star Wars gets all people really excited. Like think about the we're still like kind of marveling over those two teasers that oh, we yeah. already got. You know, when when EW published its uh, 
Kylo Ren cover and we had, you know, a little more information there like that. I, I, and I'm appreciative of this. Like that seemed to be something that the fans really liked and shared and talked about. It's like fodder for conversation for a long time. And that was August. And then you look at force Friday in September and like how much attention that generated. Um, they're not putting trailers out because they have these other things, you know, they have the Comic-Con footage, which showed a lot. Um, yeah, it did. And I think watching it in the, you know, in the future, once the movie's out, we'll realize just how much they tease there. It just doesn't have any context, you know? So we've been getting a lot. We just haven't been getting the traditional marketing. And I think they know that if they put a trailer out, say, say they had put a trailer out in September, they don't want to share too much about the movie. Obviously, they're trying to keep the plot and a lot of the details under wrap. So then what would they have to show again in November? You know, would they have to put a new trailer out? Yeah, and they don't want to do that. So they're holding off, and they know that whenever they do drop this trailer on the world, that it will generate a lot of attention, and people will make Lego simulations of it and parodies of it, <laughs> and, you know, uh, dissect it for and screen grab every shot and have a conversation about it. Like, they know that it will, it's like, uh, you know, a caveman killing a really giant, mammoth you know and living off of it for the whole winter so they're aware that um if they put out too much one the people who are more casual star wars fans who don't who like it and maybe love it but don't want it every day isn't a part of their lives every day that it's they don't want them to get like oh i'm so sick of hearing about this movie right so they're holding off for that reason but then for everybody else you know who do want it who do want more and more and more they're yeah they're chafing a little bit because they want they want to see uh, a new trailer but i think once that trailer drops all will be forgiven and forgotten and people are if it's good you know if it strikes the right nerve and so far they're batting a thousand uh i think at that point like all of this stress about when's the trailer going to come out is just going to evaporate like uh you know mist on a window and uh hopefully it'll kick ass yeah i mean i think people get so focus on the trailer they forget everything else we've gotten and like i mean there was five books that came out on force friday and all of them had at least a little bit of information about what you know we might see in the force awakens and then you know there's the kylo ren magazine article that's like okay we're that was the first time we learned that kylo ren no he's not a sith and we're like what does this mean? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and that's not even his real name. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's not like we've been starving since April. So I think just, you know, I would say to the fans who are really agitating for this. I think that the studio hears your passion and I'm not trying to speak for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're aware of everything that's said and the mood of the fans and they, they want them to keep people happy I think just just be cool for a little while. You've waited, <laughs> you've waited years for this. A couple more weeks, the trailer's going to come out. Um, now, and somebody right now is like going to Reddit Star Wars leaks and being like, "You just said in a couple more weeks it's going to come out." <laughs> um, it's going to come soon, and I do think obviously that eventually you're going to be like two days from release. Like, when are they going to put the trailer out? Um, but um, it's going to come. It's going to come soon, and when it does. Um, hopefully it'll be worth the wait. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I I remember when you when you mentioned or when you broke that they weren't going to have a trailer at Comic Con. People kind of freaked out, but then they gave us the behind the scenes reel, and I'm like, I'm fine with that rather than having a trailer. I don't know what all you yeah. people are complaining about. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like, um you know, manage of expectations. It's not exactly a trailer, but it's, um, but it's a, it's a deeper, they weren't going to show, they weren't going to show whatever that was like more than three minutes of imagery, right? Mm -hmm. Footage. Yeah. They weren't going to show a trailer that was that long. So, you know, we got, I think, I don't know. I found it very satisfying. And there was, there were a lot of clues in that trailer too. Like the other thing I think is cool is JJ has planted a lot of clues and, and connections that you can make if you want to study it. And if you don't want to study it and you just want to come in cold, he's left it oblique enough mm-hmm. that it's not in your face. Yeah. So like, 
I watched the trailer as many obsessive Star Wars fans do. And then I watched the, and I'm talking about the April, I, you know, I hate to use imprecise language, like the April teaser, the celebration teaser, you know, where you see this hand, little alien hand handing the lightsaber to uh, a human hand. And everyone's like, oh, who is that? He says, my sister at that scene. Is he talking about Leia? And then when you watch that uh, Comic-Con footage, there's Carrie Fisher patting mm-hmm. JJ's cheek, and her on her on that hand, she has the same ring as the hand that accepts that lightsaber. So, you know, there were a lot of little connections and clues that you can make if you mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to follow those breadcrumbs. But if you want to hang back and just be like, I want to be surprised, you can still watch that stuff and not necessarily see the giraffe in those connected dots, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And even the toys have done that. They're like the toys that talk. And you're, so I'm like listening to them trying to get clues from those. And uh, I, as an aside, I always have to play with the Finn doll because I love when he yells, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, the funniest thing, I wish I could remember who tweeted this, but like, uh, you know, we came to know BB-8. Mm-hmm. And then every time we saw Finn... He was like freaking out and sweating and breathing hard. And so he, somebody was like, we have BB-8 the droid and hyperventilate the, uh, <laughs> the stormtrooper. So I can't help in the back of my mind now, whenever I see Finn, I just think of him as hyperventa hyphen eight, <laughs> hyperventilate. We, uh, we saw a cosplayer dress as Finn at Dragon Con and he carried around a little spray bottle of water to spray on his face before people took pictures of him. So it looked like he was sweaty. It That's was, hysterical. It was great. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're you're Finn, you're awesome. Can I take your picture? And he goes, Yeah, hold on one second. Took the bottle out, sprayed his face, and then like got in the pose. And I said, You're the greatest. <laughs> That's genius. You know, it's so it's celebration. Um after we did the panel, Daisy and John wanted to go out and walk the floor. Mm-hmm. A lot of time at Comic-Con, like famous people that put on a mask or something and sneak around just because they don't want to get mobbed. They just want to sort of be in the crowd anonymously. And so uh, I think he put on a, a clone trooper mask and she put on a rubber Bosk mask. <laughs> and, you know, when they came back, they were all smiles. They had a great time. And I, and I was like, how did it go out there? What'd you think? And she was like, it was fun. It was cool. She's like, you know, I'm like, did anybody notice you? She's like, well, they didn't. But then, and that was good. But then John kept taking off the, uh, clone trooper helmet <laughs> and then like a couple of people would know, see who it is and then they would come around and I'm like oh John Boyega is a little bit of a ham yes. <laughs> he's fantastic but, but he's awesome uh, <laughs> I would do the same thing oh it's just me the star of the force Awakens. <laughs> hyperventilating <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. Uh, a little cough there. So, um, besides the celebration panel, uh, what's been the coolest thing that's happened to you while covering Star Wars? Um, getting to meet the fans has really been wonderful because I'm one of them. And, uh, you know, I love hearing people's theories. I love, I don't like spoilers. Yes. I love theories. I love hearing <laughs> you know, speculation. And I have some theories of my own that are not based on fact, but you know, it's not based on information I have, but, uh, just sort of like guesswork and, uh, you know, my own imagination. And I may be totally wrong, but I love that part of it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, whether it's at celebration or comic con or anywhere on Twitter, I love meeting the fans and talking to them about, this thing that we both love, you know, it's sort of like being a sportscaster for a, a team, you know, the hometown team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just hope people are enjoying the stuff I'm writing and, uh, you know, it makes me feel happy when, uh, you know, when they, I see, you know, people talking about it on a podcast or, uh, you know, writing their own stories or thoughts about a, an article. Uh, I really dig that. That's been it's meant a lot to me because, like I said, I'm 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 one of the fans. I I read what other people write about the movie, and uh, I, if I if I weren't in this job, 
if, if I hadn't been given this job and all those other uh, competitive reporters hadn't been uh, mysteriously poisoned, uh, <laughs> you know, just, uh, if I if I weren't on this job, I would be uh, I'd be watching from afar, and uh, I would hope that whoever is covering it uh, uh, loved it as much as I did, and uh, you know that's then the best part of doing this. And so, as a fan, and not a journalist covering Star Wars, what are you most looking forward to in seeing The Force Awakens? Well, I just thought of something. So can I change my answer on that last Yes, thing? you can. <laughs> I mentioned I have, two, I have two little kids. Mm-hmm. My son's two. He, he likes Star Wars, but he, you know, he picks up a lightsaber and just kind of runs around with it smiling. My daughter is six. She got a uh, a toy lightsaber, right? We bought it at celebration because she saw other people walking around with it. Like we were walking the floor, my wife and kids, and she wanted one of these. So we bought one and we only had the one, you know, and then I came back from Comic-Con and at Comic-Con, you know, they did that outdoor concert after their presentation and everybody got a light up lightsaber that makes a sound, you know, the lightsaber sound when you turn it on. And I came, I brought that home and we fought lightsabers every day. Like, and we still do it like almost a couple of times a week. And she's really good at it. Like at first I was like, okay, now it's just sort of like, you're just tapping the lightsabers. But then she learned these little sneak moves and spins. And like, we would play to 10, like whoever tapped each other, like 10 times first would win. And like, at first I was like letting her win. And then I was like, I'm not letting you win. Like stop it. Stop hitting me with a lightsaber. Ow! Like, she's really good. And just seeing a little girl uh, play with that lightsaber and have so much fun and, 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 you know, being able to share that with her, that's the best part. But also sharing it with the fans. So <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there. But what was the question you just asked? So, uh, the other what time? are you most looking forward to with The Force Awakens? Oh, sitting down and having the lights go out, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's all I want is to watch this movie and I have no idea when I'm going to see it. I have a feeling it'll be a surprise that I might get a call and just be like, okay, here, you want to come see force awakens? And yes, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think they're going to show the movie until very close to release. Uh, And to people, you know, who are critics or reporters like me, uh, I'd be surprised if it was more than a week out when I saw it. But I'm, I'm, I just can't wait to see this film. Uh, is that what you meant? Or did, yeah. Is there, yeah. I want to see the film. Show me the movie. <laughs> like everybody's like, show me the trailer. I'm like, show me the film. I can't. I, I just think that we've been, how many years has it been? Like two years now? We've been more than that. We've been thinking about this movie and trying to figure out what is it about and picking apart every little piece of information and like, Every time we get something new, it's like Twitter explodes with all the Star Wars fans and bloggers, like examining everything. And I'm like, if we act like this, when we find out Captain Phasma's name, what are we going to do when we actually get inside the movie theater and are actually shown the entire story at one time? Uh, A collective aneurysm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, People are just going to be like on the ground twitching, you know, it's going to be Beatles mania. (laughs) I mean, like, I joke and people are like, people joke and they go, how many times are you going to see the movie the first weekend? I'm like, a lot. Because the first time I'm not going to have any recollection of what the heck just happened. I'm just going to be trying to go. What? Do you know, that's exactly what it was like watching the trailer Yeah. on that laptop. It's like you start out and you're like, wow, this is cool. And then it like gets a little faster pace. And you're like, wait, what am I? What? Like, mm-hmm. you're just... You're thinking about how cool the thing was that you just saw, and then like four other cool things go by, and it's not until you watch it again and again that you kind of absorb it. So yeah, I can totally see your point. We were very appreciative at um, celebrate at the celebration panel when you came back on and said, "Who wants to see it again?" Because I think everyone yeah. in there was like, "What did we just see?" And of course, everyone screamed their heads off at Chewie were home, so no one actually really heard what he said. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It would have been would have been funny if it's like, "Hey, do you guys want to see it again?" Everyone's like, "No, we're good." That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, "No, I want to see it again." And then as soon as we left, they're like, "It was on YouTube." So I'm like, "We're sitting in line." Watching it over and over. Yeah. 
And then so. you like notice things like because you can actually pause it and look at the exam. Yeah. Area. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, you know, you you just want to study it and figure out what am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. So um, in addition to writing for Entertainment Weekly, you have a novel out called Brutal Youth. And that was your first novel, right? Yeah. 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 That's out now and uh, just came out in paperback. And uh, there's a little bit of Star Wars in it. Oh, there <laughs> that is. matters to people. <laughs> but yeah, it's about it's set in the early 90s. It's just like a dark coming of age story, like a rebellion and resistance story about friends at this crumbling Catholic school in the early 90s where they dump troublemakers. And uh, yeah, like they're... I, I, I didn't think about this when I was writing it because I didn't know we would be getting more Star Wars or that I'd be writing about it. But that, like I said, that's a part of our lives growing up in that time. So, uh, yeah, like there are little Star Darth Vader references or characters mentioned Star Wars. So it's just kind of funny now. Like like whenever I'm on a talking to like Star Wars fans and they're like, oh, is your, what's your book about? It's like, well, there's some Star Wars in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, do you no spoilers, but just, you know, no just a part of the culture, just part of the 90s kid culture. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, a rebellion resistance story, kind of a dark, twisted coming of age story. Cool. And do you have any other uh, projects you're working on now? Yeah, I, um, I, as far as like fiction goes, yeah, I'm writing a new book. I'm about halfway through it, so it's it's bad luck to talk about it too much. But yeah. it's, a, it's a ghost story, and uh, man, I, I'm just having a really good time uh, dreaming up scary things to put in. So, is, is, does uh, a guy get killed and you plant a tree over him in this one? No. Good idea. <laughs> no. no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that one again some other time. (laughs) And uh, where can everyone find you online? Well, I'm pretty active on Twitter, and you can find me at Bresnikan, spelled B-R-E-Z-N-I-C as in cat, A-N. Not that easy a name to spell, but, you know, you stand out in the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can find me there, and... uh, you can find me at EW.com or in the magazine, Entertainment Weekly, every week. And uh, uh, you can also check out my website. It's anthonybresnikan.com. My wife made it. It's really cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> Very cool. talented at that stuff. Cool. And, uh, it, would be like, it would be funny if I was, I was like, my wife made my website. And you go and it's like it's like 1997 Geocities <laughs> with like a little... <laughs> Like a little like a like a Drudge Report siren and a dancing baby, <laughs> MIDI files playing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, but that's yeah. She when I when I had the book coming out, she was like, "You need a personal website. Mm-hmm. I'll make it for you." And I was like, "Okay," because I don't know how to do that. And she made a really nice one. So if you're interested in my work and uh, the book, uh, you find it there. Cool. And uh, I'm sure when we finally do get a trailer, we'll be all talking about it on online. Yes, as long as I'm not on a plane. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we've actually, Brian and I have talked about it because we actually work like two blocks away from each other. And uh, we've watched, you know, both of the trailers we watched together. uh, And so we were kind of like, I don't want to watch the trailer without him. But so I'm like, I really hope they say, okay, it's going to come out at this time. So we can plan our breaks so I can go to his office and watch it there. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you're not allowed to watch it without me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Isn't it funny how, like, uh, these movies are about our relationships, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about I love it or it reminds me of my childhood. It's like it remi- it's like it reminds you of a person you love and care about because we share these things, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, and I can't count the number of pe- friends I've met through Star Wars. You know, Brian and I met through Star Wars, so it's it's pretty much it binds yeah, the galaxy together and and penetrates us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the, the the part of that line that uh, you know somewhat undercuts the uh, uh, the uh, atmosphere of what he was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> penetrates us it's like huh it sounds like somebody's been reading Fifty Shades of Grey (laughs) that's what he had to do on Dagobah he was bored (laughs) he was reading E.L. James you know (laughs) 
right. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking Star Wars with us. We had a great what, time. What a way to end on. I know, right? It's a perfect note to end on. Uh, that's okay. Everyone who listens to our podcast knows I talk, you know, yeah. They've already too. This isn't even the weirdest note we've ended no, on. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, it was really fun talking to you guys, and I hope uh, I hope you'll stay in touch. We'll talk again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. absolutely. All right. All right, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. And we are back. We want to thank uh, Anthony Bresnikin again for coming on the show. Yes, we had a really great time talking to him, and uh, he's got some really great stories about just working on Star Wars, and just even just as a Star Wars fan in general. Like, I love talking to people because they all have such interesting stories about how they became fans and yeah they all have their own stories but their stories mirror our own in so many ways mm -hmm. it's it's great yeah so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up there uh, this episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you by your support at Patreon and uh, by Her Universe uh, if you like what you hear check out the links on the blog help us keep the lights on on Twitter you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station that's the official show account you can find Nancy Nancy with an Nancy with Nancy <laughs> Pants, Nancy with an I. Uh, you can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E, -E -E, on Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, do leave a review. It helps us grow the show. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next Tuesday. And we'll be talking all about uh, New York Comic Con stuff with Bria, who was lucky enough to be there. Uh, we are not. Absolutely. So long, everyone. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Thank you.